Simmons works to the line and in. Drop pass, Betza. Back in, Simmons in front of the net, they score! A beautiful three-way passing play, and Nick Ritchie is the beneficiary of two great passes from Spezza and Simmons. Joe Bowen on the call, Nick Ritchie with the goal. I'm Brent Gunning, that's Gord Stellick alongside me, talking you through a Leafs 4-1 preseason win in the preseason finale. I mean, Gord, we, we talked about wanting to see energy, wanting to see some life. I mean, there were some things we can certainly nitpick at tonight, but I think that's about as a successful preseason finale as you could have possibly asked for. First of all, hallelujah, the exhibition season's <laughs> over, so that's great in itself. But Congratulations to you for making it thank through. You. you know, me, I'm a little, I'm a newbie. It's all still exciting to me. You've been through this once or twice yeah. before, so congrats. Yeah. But, uh, hey, we're fortunate to be able to do this, but I'm just echoing what the players are saying. <laughs> but you also want to start um, on a bit of a, on a plus, uh, good habits, which a lot of great habits tonight, and you get four goals, 10 different players got a point. Okay, that that that's great balance. So you saw that. Really, all guns a-blazing. Very entertaining game if you're a Toronto Maple Leaf fan. You know, it, it reminds me of those Blue Jay crowds just so appreciative to be back in. This one, they were doing the wave. They were doing it, though, by the way, the Leafs were on the PK. you got to do it other times. But anyway, they were doing the wave, gave them a standing O at the end, you know, just super pumped. And and that that's going to be a real positive theme now that uh, they can have full houses at Scotiabank Arena having fans back. But uh, so it's kind of like the good old days, but this was a nice way to end up. They won five out of six of their exhibition games. Yeah, they did. And again, like you can't make too big of a deal of it. It is the preseason. There's not a lot we can learn about a team. I think there are, for a team like the Ottawa Senators, you can potentially learn a ton about a team like that during the preseason. For the Leafs, there's not that much to learn, but it's just kind of a, okay, we check the box. We don't need to panic. We can keep kind of moving moving along there. You know, in, in terms of everything you, you saw tonight, I think, you know, you saw a lot of really good play on the power play, but, you know, that's not the highlight for me. It was just the fact that no matter what line was out there, you know, we've seen in, in preseasons past where you have a top six that's really rolling and kind of carry you through games it didn't matter what line was out there tonight everybody was generating offense and everybody was shutting down things from Ottawa's perspective like it was we talk about team effort and team game all the time that was a a perfect embodiment of it well when you have more skill it's frustrating when you're not able to demonstrate it and that's what we've been waiting for forever in Toronto and and that's what's been frustrating uh, and not correlating into playoff success but regular season success you pretty well any other NHL team, you know, maybe save for three or four. If you're saying skill's going to be the difference in that game, I'll take the Toronto Maple Leafs with Austin Matthews as well. And 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 you got to see it tonight. We mentioned the one goal, just it was a Spezza to Simmons to Nick Ritchie. I mean, that looked like a first-line goal of, you know, Austin Matthews, McDavid, McKinnon, the way they scored. So, so it, it, it was neat to see that because, you know, you, you want to get that back because it evaporated those final three games of the playoffs. Not to keep going back there, but... You know, that's the kind of that's the kind of rote system they have to have that, you know, it's part of their 82 game regular season and also starting in game number 83. But it, it was uh, it was fun. This was fun. Like, I, I can't wait for the real deal. But if it's going to be an exhibition game, I would have liked being down at one like this. Yeah, that's right. It would have been. And uh, the, as you heard, uh, the people in attendance were very, very appreciative of everything, everything they had there. And, you know, I, I said you don't need to see anything in the preseason from a team like the Leafs, I guess the one guy who maybe that doesn't apply to is John Tavares. Not that he needed to prove anything, but you just wanted to see him being his normal self after the way his season ended last year. 
And he's checked that box and then some. I mean, he, the last game or the last game we were in here for a couple of preseason games ago, it was, it, he was, he had a ton of jump. And I think he saw that again tonight. He made the great play on the Engvall goal. He got a goal of his own. It's just everything you'd want to see from a guy who had, you, you had, you had to have a little bit of a question mark with everything he went through at the end of last year. You know, it's funny because he was number one overall pick. And uh, he does so many things well. He goes to the greasy areas, which is huge. But with the speed of Matthews Marner, he's he's not that fast a skater like them, which is yeah. weird for being a number one overall pick. You kind of forget that because he does all those things great. And, and uh, yeah, uh, it's nice to see him back in that role. You knew he was healthy, thank God, after what happened uh, in, in game one of the playoffs. But one other little one, uh, well, hopefully it's a little one, but Ilya McKayev hurt. Kept saying that's what you want to avoid. We know the Ottawa Senators, uh, Colin White, hurt in a game against the Toronto Maple Leafs last time. He's out four to six months. You don't want injuries any time of year, but there's something, I don't know, there's something worse about psychologically when it happens in the exhibition season. You start without the player, and and and, and the worst thing you can do is try not to get hurt, so the guys go out and play. But uh, anyway, Mikheyev, hand injury in the first period, uh, did not play the rest of the game. It actually necessitated some line juggling, which ended, uh, sorry, Ilya, ended with uh, a lot of guys uh, fitting in in these newly created lines by Sheldon Keefe because of his absence. Well, and the thing is, and, you know, with, with a guy like Mikheyev, a lot of times in, in years past, or I guess year past, when, when he would have been hurt, that would have opened up a spot on the third or fourth line. And, yeah, that juggles some things around. But given the given the, all the conversation around him and wanting a larger role and the fact that there are jobs up for grabs in the top six there, the fact that he vacated a top six spot by by getting hurt tonight, it opened up room for 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 Kerfoot. It opened up room for Engvall, and they definitely took advantage of it. Michael Bunting, you know, didn't 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 quite pop the way he has in in other nights. But I thought honestly, for for a guy who had the opportunity to just jump out in front of him, I thought Engvall really took advantage of that. And I know it's easy to say because he had the goal, but I just thought there were a lot of moments where you were noticing him out there in a positive way. Well, I agree. I agree. You know, and again, it's certainly games you get check marks on. It's not going to decide. Uh, things overnight. It's going to continue to be a, a process uh, but in the regular season. But if you're in the lineup and somebody else isn't, uh, then you got a better chance to try to poof things. Uh, Nick Ritchie, most shots on goal, five shots on goal tonight. He's liking it being with the, being at the, uh, the front, the back of the bus with the cool kids waving at the cars. <laughs> right. So he's loving that opportunity. And uh, uh, let's hope, you know, he's the kind of guy that can add some offense and, you're not going to replace Zach Hyman. That's not a different kind of player, but just, and, and actually Nick Felino too, even though yeah. Nick Felino was here for a short time, it wasn't really a good time, but he was here for a short time. We were hoping for big things. You know, maybe, maybe there's an element of that, that, that he's able to bring And again, all the new guys, when you win five out of six, uh, there's many more positives. You heard Joe Bowen and Jim Ralph talk about that right now. The goaltending, the tandem seems like a positive, and you just hope all this stuff continues into the regular season. Yeah, let's let's talk about the goaltending right there. Jack Campbell looked really good, and again, it's preseason. Again, it's Ottawa. Again, they don't have their best player in Brady Kachuk. Okay, there's all the reasons not to get overexcited about it, but there, I think the thing you can take out of a game like that is for a team that plays the way the Leafs do, I think they can be a lot more sound structurally defensively than they've been in the past. But when you're moving around and you're doing things in the offensive zone, you're going to have the odd, you know, 
cracking the dam and you're going to have the two-on-ones. Those things are just going to happen. You want to limit them. And Campbell did a really good job of shutting those down tonight. Of course, the big one that, that everyone's going to kind of jump out is is the poke check save he made on the breakaway there when when Richie and, and I think it was Sandine kind of got caught up there. But that's the thing that jumped out to me from Campbell was that in a game where there's not a lot for him to do, but you still need him to be great a couple of times, he was able to do that. And, you know, again, because last year just ended so horribly, you forget the phenomenal stats Jack Campbell put up. And then people will argue, well, it was the Scotia North division. Well, the Scotia North winner got to the Stanley Cup final, okay? Uh, so uh, you can't – I know they're, they're mitigating circumstances, but that shouldn't diminish it. Just just like Austin Matthews was the Rocket Richard winner for more schools, schools, more schools in a season. So, you know, there, there were some phenomenal – individual efforts and the unexpected goaltender that you know that's where that's the way he played again unfortunately his softest goal of the year was in the playoffs <laughs> freddie did it every year unfortunately but uh yeah he uh, uh jim ralph an ex-goaltender himself just mentioned he like i i use the word deportment i like the deportment of a goaltender that just looks himself looks you know knows what he's doing very comfortable and and you know it's not having to make that just the sensational save but all the other uh, all the other components about whether playing within himself whatever it may be and uh he did have a johnny bauer poke check that's right uh, joe will mention those and no one did it better than god rest his old johnny but uh that's kind of an all or nothing move and uh so but otherwise so he he took that one gamble but uh otherwise and and won but just look very steady. Comportment. That's like a, that's at least a five cent word. Good job by you. I'm going to steal that one. That's no problem. My thesaurus. Yeah. Uh, let me know who you stole that from uh, later on. Yeah. Okay. I don't, I try not to use words that are superfluous. Oh yeah. Hmm. Okay. That's just, uh, that was at my least, style. that was at least a 10 center and, and technical director. Tom Young is, is thrilled with you there. You know, the thing I've been wondering with this goaltending tandem is what kind of spotlight it's going to shine on Sheldon Keefe. Because he really hasn't had to make goaltending decisions at all in his tenure as Leaf. It's who's been healthy. Can they go play tonight, please? Because it seems like Anderson and Campbell were kind of trading back and forth. There were brief moments where you had a decision to make, but I feel like there are going to be a lot of nights where he has a decision to make. Obviously, it's easy in back-to-backs, those kinds of things you can do. But I think that it's going to be a very interesting thing to kind of watch how Sheldon Keefe handles his goaltenders this year. Uh, it's well he has the option to be comfortable I mean think about now last year Freddie Anderson was injured as we know for a a chunk of the season before that it was hey we got to get Freddie enough rest Mm -hmm. that was the story all the time can we get Freddie enough rest can we get Freddie enough rest and and it it, it wasn't like that that wasn't a notion that needed to be addressed so now uh, again injuries aside now that they do have uh, you know, they, they do have goaltender number three <laughs> still, He's still, here. He's still, around. Back to, still back there. They, but they just have not had the success developing a young goaltender. That's something you gotta, you gotta have one of those guys there. And they just, you really haven't had that for a while, but let's just get back to the two right now. It is, I don't know the last time it's the strongest one, a one B tandem. Cause it's not even like Curtis McElhinney. Curtis McElhinney was a solid backup. Mm-hmm. This is neither goaltender in their particular roles or backups. No, it's going to be there. You're going to have a starting goaltender at times. It's just a matter of, of who it's going to be. And it's just, it's just such an interesting thing for a coach to handle. And, you know, in the all or nothing, they kind of show, show Sheldon Keefe talking with the goaltender coach. And it was, they, it really highlighted perfectly how hockey coaches, you know, we, we all think this, we think it is fans, but it was great to see them realizing 
just stop the puck. I don't, I know it went off a defenseman. I know it did just, just stop it, figure it out, find a way. And it's going to be, it's going to be something really fun to watch with Keith. how, how he handles that. Again, it's going to be easy early on. It's going to be pretty much a split until somebody grabs it. And then you're going to kind of go back and forth and, and pass the baton. I think you're going to see that because as good as Campbell's look tonight, I think Barazic's also shone really well in the preseason. So it's, it's far from like Campbell's going to start the the home opener yeah. at home there's no way you can't give him that but after that i think it's jump ball and whoever's playing well will go yeah you, you owe him that one for the way he played last year now there's one i know we got a lot of things we'll get to in that but just as i see morgan riley at the podium i wonder if someone's going to ask or they've been told not to ask there's just uh it, it caught us out of curiosity they're wearing a deco with the initial cd the toronto may police are on their helmet and we found out what is it for, and they said they're not going to say. So you can say you're going to respect that. I'm 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 puzzled by it because you uh, you think you would want to give some support publicly, but I'm also going to respect because it could be a real sad story yep, about totally. you know who it is and trying to show some support for someone's going through uh, a difficult time. But they had that on their helmet tonight, and uh, maybe we'll find out what it was or wasn't. But we'll, whoever's involved, that would be a great show of support that the. Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs show tonight. Yeah, that that is a little curious to do something publicly and then ask for privacy. But like you said, you never know what exactly is entailed there. So you'll you'll give it. And I, I guess uh, I'll speak for myself here when just uh, you know support for whatever whatever that is that's going on. Uh, usually a good sign. Uh, it's funny we've got the feed up here, so we can kind of see the players rolling in for their post game. Either a good sign or a terrible sign when a guy like Pierre Engvall is at the podium, right, Gord? Like, it's almost always huge gaff penalty in the third period or you scored a goal on the power play and comported yourself pretty well. Yeah, and uh, I, I think people out there get it before. It's not like the old style where you can go in the dressing room and with COVID, you know, just chat with whomever along the way. So generally you get the same suspects come out because yep. they're the star players. And then you're right, It's it's if a Pierre Engvall comes out, I mean... Really, if it's a bad thing, I could see the PR guy just say he's not going to talk yeah. about his three giveaways. And <laughs> although I I respect players that do come out, what the hell are you going to say though? But that do come out and face the music in any sport. But Pierre Engvall, a guy, I don't even know what the bubble is. Okay, he's not on the bubble. <laughs> it's just about trying to figure out third, fourth, fifth lines and maybe you know, AHL. You know what I think it is? It's not quite the bubble, but it's almost like the if the Leafs team is the dinner party. And actually being one of the 12 forwards is like having a seat at the dinner table. Right. He's at the house, but he can't figure out where to put his coat. He's just wandering around. He's like, where can I, can I hang this up? It's like, don't go anywhere. Don't leave. We don't want you to leave. Can I sit down at the table? Mm, we're not quite sure that we're ready to give you a seat yet, but it's great to have you around. Like he is super periphery. He's right, right there. And again, you know, you never wish this on anybody, but you'll see what, whatever is going on with Ilya Mikheyev's hand that saw him leave the game and not return tonight. We'll see what impact that has. You know, obviously people are speculating away. You saw Kyle Dubas and Lawrence Gilman kind of huddled up at the third period. And it looks like he's pointing stuff out. You know, that could be any billion things, but it could be, here's what happens if Ilya Mikheyev needs to miss a little time. Like the, that would absolutely be a conversation they could be having. So it'll be interesting to see how, how that exactly shakes out with any potential injury to Mikheyev and what, what impact that would have on the roster decision. Yeah, maybe Angle's too big for the kids' table, too. So Way we'd too probably big. have to keep carry around. Uh, yeah, you know, you, I don't know. You keep flashing up, and can anyone just relax and have fun and watch a game? Is everything so serious? Like exhibition games, you flash into every, you know, like like I've been there when they flash it on you all the time. You know, you don't want to be doing like it's uh, 
you know, like like it's a Mardi Gras and there's a big party and all that. But just everything <laughs> always looks like they're up against the wall and the governor's making a decision whether to commute the death penalty or not. I mean, this kind of expression is is out there far too often in all in all the boxes that way. So it's an exhibition game. Your team kicked ass tonight and uh, and just enjoy. Yeah, that's right. Feel good. Exhale. Uh, I, I I guess we'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Hard to read expressions with the masks on. That's the one thing I will say. So maybe there was a big, big smile uh, underneath there. One guy we haven't talked about a, a ton tonight. Well, I, I spoke about him when we were watching the game here um, is David Camp. You know, he's a guy who comes into this team and he's he's been told you're going to be the shutdown center. You're going to be the guy who who takes care of the tough defensive zone minutes. And the thing that ta- that jumped out to me, and we talked about this a little bit in the intermission about players like Brooks and about players like Bunting, is for a guy who you think of as a shutdown guy, he has a little more confidence, a little more poise with the puck than I would have expected. There was a moment, I think, in the first period where he found himself at the doorstep, and it's so easy to just bang the puck right into Murray's chest and, and get a whistle there. But he waited, he waited, he made a pass into the slot. And those are plays that really encourage me for a guy like Camp because if he's going to play with Kasha, there is some offensive upside there and you don't want it to get completely negated even though you want them to be a strong defensive unit. No, absolutely. Uh, just uh, about absolutely you want to uh, find out, you know, the different things that the guys can do and what strengths they have and we're lear- we're learning about these guys as we go along as well and you say okay uh guys did that in Anaheim before or Boston before or wherever different players played but when you come it can be a new opportunity that's where you know teams like the Red Wings when they are in their heyday and they brought like a Todd Bertuzzi and a Danny Cleary mm-hmm. and just others that uh, assumed different kind of roles on that team and the Maple Leafs are a strong team right now that you don't need to bring that player and put him on the first line when he's not suited for it uh, you know and they've got a figure out and it's too bad Nick Foligno you know was hurt and never got a chance to really get that fit and maybe that fit could have carried on to this year yeah that's exactly right uh, you you never know how you'll see it the uh, the good news or or bad news depending on how you want to look at it is you'll get a ton of looks at Nick Foligno because we are back the Atlantic division is back you'll get to see teams uh, outside of Canada that's Gord Stelic. I'm Brent Gunning you're listening to Molson Canadian Leafs Hockey on Sportsnet 590 the fan and the Leafs radio network Time for a little hockey talkie. This is Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and the Leafs Radio Network. Leafs are 4-1 winners over Ottawa in the final game of the preseason. Brent Gunning, Gord Stellick here with me for a couple of more minutes. Here with you. Making it sound like it's not your show. You're nice enough to let me in here. Uh, Brent Gunning, Gord Stellick with you for another couple minutes here. Leafs taking care of business. Whatever you wanted to see tonight, you got it. Uh, you you got power play goals. You got a good-looking penalty kill. You got Jack Campbell poke-checking people. Nick Ritchie scoring great goals. Uh, David Kampf is doing things. Rasmus Sandin's looking good. Like just whatever box you wanted to see check tonight, you got it. And Sandin's a guy I did want to focus in on a little bit. You know, again, not a lot you're going to learn about a Jake Muzzin, even a Justin Hall, Morgan Riley in, in a game like this. But for Sandin, I think it's just once again, he kind of shows he, he has these little moments where he separates himself. And again, you don't want to get ahead of yourself. This is still a young players learning to be consistent and, and all of those type of things. But Sandine definitely makes these, these kind of wow flash plays. And I definitely noticed a few tonight and it's, it's encouraging to me that he's going to be a regular and it's not this dance of will he or won't he be in the lineup this year? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, if he's it, 
playing with Travis Dermott as well. So I, I wonder if that's how they start the season. So they really play four of them more minutes. Uh, and then they play those two guys fewer minutes, or do they they mix them up a, along the way? I mean, that'll be for Sheldon Keefe and his staff to figure out. But uh, two years ago, Sandine had a great, great preseason. And then about the seventh, eighth game, I think it was a game against the Red Wings. He did a terrible, crunched. yeah. And all of a sudden, he was gone. He was gone back, never to be seen again. <laughs> so you know that, that uh, first round pick there, Travis Dermott was a second round pick. Timothy Lilligren didn't play tonight, but a first round pick, and they're you know considering him on the horizon. But I, I think it's been a positive positive exhibition season for their D, but that's going to be a big Achilles heel getting, you know, getting some depth on D and good team D TJ Brody was a strong pickup. I thought last year, Morgan Riley, can we get the very best of Morgan? Riley? There's never bad Morgan Riley, but when we get the very best, that's a, that's on a bit of a different level. And there's always been injury questions the last few years as well. So uh, I I'm interested to see how this evolves, but many positive signs coming out of the exhibition season. Yeah, and you, you mentioned Dermot there. I really liked what you saw to him, but you make a great point in in the loss of Zach Bogosian. It's a very different game to play when you're Travis Dermot playing on your natural side with an experienced partner like Bogo. It's a completely different animal playing on your offside with a guy who is just as inexperienced as you are. Now, you can make the argument that Rasmus Sandin, the high end of that, could definitely potentially exceed what Zach Bogosian can give you at this point in his career. But it's that consistency. It's the calming presence on the pair. And and again, I want to be clear. I really like Travis Dermott as a player. But when I think of the best traits of him, I don't think calm. I don't think poise. I think he has frantic energy and he's fast twitch and all of that. And that'll be the kind of thing that, that I'll most be watching for to see how that pair clicks. And are they going to have to try to kind of recycle some of their other pairs? Do you need to give TJ Brody potentially some minutes with one of those guys? For me, I don't think you touch it given how good he's looked with Morgan Riley, but I do wonder if you're going to have to find other ways to kind of help work that third pair into the season. Yeah. And uh, yeah, exactly. And, and you know, it's, you can put them with big, def- like, like if you're winning a game, you can start early in the season, you know, t- tweaking a little bit, give them experience with somebody else. And a- again, that's the whole evolution of an 82 game season. So you're best prepared for game number 83. It's funny watching all the players too. Like, you know, Freddie Anderson was, you talk about cool as a cucumber, just when he spoke and, and Jack Campbell, it just, he's kind of like a Vegas act when he comes up there. He's personable. He still seems thrilled to be in the NH. Like I find it very refreshing. I find it very refreshing. And, uh, uh, and, and, you know, it's, it's, he's got this uh, epiphany that from being the top goaltender picked that year, 11th overall to looking like he's never going to have an NHL career to later in his career, there's success, success happening. And I think uh, obviously his positive karma and, and Steve Breer is an excellent goaltending coach. He's an excellent goaltending coach. So that's anyway, I just like, I, I just like seeing that too, because Joe Thornton brought a lot of that. They're going to miss that. There was no role for Joe Thornton this year mm-hmm. with the team, but there was an element of that about, you know what? You got to remember the game's fun sometimes. Like you, like you really do. You got to have people that remind that, that that's why you, you, you got in whatever sport it was in the first place. And then you happen to work hard and excel at it, but you can't lose the fun in it. No, and that's that's so important to remember, and I think that that's what they wanted to get out of out of Thornton because you look at the other kind of leadership guys on this team, right? Morgan Riley, he's not the most serious person in the world, but he's not exactly yucking it up. John Tavares, like for everything you love about him, it's his seriousness and how important every single game is. Every single shift feels like game seven of the cup final to that guy, and you do need to have the kind of right mix, and I think the thing that this team would hope 
is that some of the players, the core players on this team, you know, William Nylander, when you talk about a guy who's calm, relaxed, nothing ever matters all that much. It sounds like Joe Thornton. It also sounds a lot like William Nylander. And I think that's when this team is going to hit its ultimate level. When we're going to get to plan that parade one day is when it's not the Jason Spezza's holding people to account, but it is Austin Matthews. And it's not the Joe Thornton keeping the room light. It's Mitch Marner or William Nylander. Well, Brian Burke, and we miss him on the broadcast side. He's with the Pittsburgh Penguins now, but he mentions the one Stanley Cup he won was with the Anaheim Ducks. And one trade he made was for Brad May because his dressing room was too quiet. Now, if you've been around Brad May, that is a cure for a quiet dressing <laughs> room, so okay? True. That is a cure for it. But but it was really, like you mentioned, a necessary component, you know? Like, like Timo was fun. Paul Correa was quiet. Too many quiet guys. And so so there, there's there's all those different kind of mixes about kind of roles. And I know the all or nothing that people are, I, I believe, enjoying watching, you know, gives, gives a lot of that insight about, you know, finding out uh, – some guys are more guarded than others. Some guys mm-hmm. put it out there. Some guys kind of – kind of slunk in the background who might have different roles when the cameras aren't rolling. But, you know, like anything, like whether it's here at the radio station or your place of work, you know, it's, it's nice to have different spices personality-wise. Yeah, and it's funny you you say that about Brian Burke because the, the guy I always mention when he talks about the composition of a room is Ryan Kessler because he says you need people who are just upset all the time about everything. <laughs> What's the way you put it? The coffee is always too, too harsh. The drive is always terrible. And you need a mix of those personalities because as much as you want everything to be fun and bubbly and you need that when things are going down, you do need the John Tavares to kind of be the yin uh, to the yang there. Gord, fun, fun show. I think as far as preseason goes, I think we're ready. I don't know about well, We're you. in mid-season form we're, today. This Mid, was the mid-season one. Mid, mid-season, okay. Yeah. That's before any 18-wheelers go falling off cliffs. So I think we're good there. Uh, we haven't hit that yet. Show Ali filling in for our man Sam McKee, Andrew Dutch Hall, and down at Scotiabank Arena, Tom Young here with us at Master Control in studio. Gordo, a ton of fun. I'm thrilled we got the preseason under our belts. And most importantly, I'm thrilled, thrilled, thrilled. The regular season is going to start up. Bring it on. Wednesday at home against the Montreal Canadiens. This has been Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590 The Fan.